Hello world and welcome to the program. Alex from Ukraine is calling and this is a pilot episode of Ukrainian Unleashed, the podcast where you'll get along with Ukrainians and also observe how the global scenery impacts Ukrainian society in these exciting times. We'll speak about events, trends, individuals and lifestyles. So let's jump right in. Okay, to start with, I bet those who hear about Ukraine for the last six years probably already became overdosed with information. But in my opinion, the thing is that all this news is describing Ukraine as a world's playground without touching important subjects of people's everyday life, opinions they share and the choices they make. Like there are no real people here but only newsmakers performing on a big geopolitical scene and giving their comments on hot issues like, for example, Trump's impeachment inquiry. So from my side, I'll try to stay enthusiastic, sharp and expert in each subject we'll discuss here on air. Hope that my guests will too. But this is not only for putting you in context about how the things are really going on in Ukraine. This is also for having a weekly appointment with those who, like me, would like to sort out what's important for Ukrainians, why it's happening here today, and how we perceive it. So, without further ado, let's dive into this together. Honestly speaking, this wasn't meant to be the first issue to cover for a newly launched podcast show. But as I see, people keep posting photos on Instagram showing the empty shelves in the grocery stores all over Europe as the coronavirus quarantine is still ongoing. So uh, I also decided to comment on some hot issues about how the Ukrainians, together with the whole world of course, respond to the anti-epidemic measures implemented on the national and local levels. And I'm afraid, guys, this will probably remain the major issue for the whole 2020. So, um, while in neighbor Poland, where my sister lives now actually, um, the panicking tendencies are quite strong. Uh, people really buy up all the goods and completely avoid public places and wear masks everywhere. Uh, Ukraine stays relatively calm. Uh, what I see here in Kiev when I go out, um, that regardless of all the panicking in social media, uh, people anyway are quite relaxed in real life and don't overbuy the groceries. They don't avoid public places and even quite rarely wear masks or any other protective gear. While this might correspond to our Ukrainian mentality as well, which is um, quite neglectful and sometimes even careless. But also, I think that people are distracted by the fact that there are only 41 cases of coronavirus with 3 death cases confirmed in Ukraine by March 21st. So now when the batches of tests are on their way, we are expecting the update on the statistics in the upcoming weeks. Until then, unfortunately, people don't want to react properly to any potential threats and they are still reluctant in changing their lifestyles. Take me for example, I was quite ignorant even to the fact that the virus already boosted in Italy a few weeks ago and honestly now I start feeling overwhelmed by my quarantine, as you probably do as well. For example, my kickboxing training at the gym is suspended up to April 3rd and uh, I go running every morning to the park located nearby with plenty of other people 
I'm sure you guys are also using any alternative ways to stay in shape. But regardless of the odds, it seems like in Ukraine travel ban and self-isolation practice pay off, even though it causes troubles to a lot of people. For example, in Kiev on March 18th, the metro was closed for two weeks. Such a measure for combating coronavirus was proposed by President of Ukraine Vladimir Zelensky. I know that this might look a quite a severe measure for those of you located in the European countries, but as you see, Ukraine took a step forward here. You can imagine that in Kiev, a city with a population of 3.7 million people, a transport collapse began at once, and huge queues lined up at bus stops. Limitations on the number of passengers in public transport, as well as the requirements for wearing protective masks, were not observed. Besides, multi-kilometer traffic jams in a city center and on all bridges across the Dnieper River were formed. Starting on Monday, March 23rd, public transport of the capital will carry only those passengers who will go to work to enterprises that provide strategical services. Mostly, these are medical workers, rescuers, law enforcement officers, infrastructure operators, grocery stores and pharmacies personnel. They will only travel by special passes, which the city authorities have already transferred to the enterprises. On the same topic, in Odessa, my native city, given that most lines of minibuses, which we call Marshutka here in Ukraine, are not operational, the main burden fell on the tram and trolleybus lines. The drivers received a strict directive to stop moving if more than 10 people entered the cabin. Many buses with the maximum number of passengers do not even stop at bus stops now. But some of the passengers took such an escalation of protective measures in an aggressive way. There were some fights and windows broken and abusive expressions used. Some of the traffic was repeatedly blocked. This is how some of Odessa residents reacted, unfortunately. Besides, because of the closure of railway and bus intercity connections nationwide, prices for road transportation increased sharply. Ukrainian entrepreneurship in the time of crisis is always delightful, as many of you might know. While at Borispil Airport, private carriers now offer a seat in a car to Odessa for 50 US dollars per person, which is almost four times bigger than usual price. But there are a lot of cases of volunteering between different members of Ukrainian society and social groups, which need to be mentioned. And in times like this, it helps to solve a lot of personal issues, of course. For instance, in Kharkiv, Citizens who have cars massively offer doctors a right to bring them to their workplaces. These notices are mostly posted on social media. People say that now, when they have a lot of free time, they want to help those who are in charge of public health, so they are a priority now for getting help from volunteers. In order to protect the most vulnerable to infection category of the population, the elderly people, in another city, Dnipro, a contactless food delivery was organized by volunteers. The online platform, announced by mayor of the city, unites volunteers, activists and entrepreneurs who are ready to help. A logistics route is being worked out to bring food to nearly 12,500 patients and single pensioners. I also know that some of the private companies took their initiatives to cover the costs of some vital medical equipment which will be in need to combat coronavirus disease effects all over the country.
Okay, if we talk about the main sources of information, so fake news also needs to be considered among others. Ukrainians make their decisions based on what they consume from online and offline media, of course, and in general, unfortunately, don't check on them too much and don't trust much public officials' statements. For example, in Odessa, um, on social networks and especially on Viber Messenger, some fake news about the disinfection procedures with spraying substances from helicopters all over the city at night was uh, actively spreading. Also, numerous medical advisors and doctors went to speak their minds these times online and became a big trend for Ukraine. As a result, all these events make harder to systematically implement general rules and just calm down the public when people hear all that buzz. It simply evolved into a massive online campaign without a lot of non-experts in the medical field, also giving pieces of advice on coronavirus issues to the large audiences. But there are a few really important points which I guess need to be emphasized if we talk about Ukrainian case in particular. So first of all, I've never heard of any racist incidents, I need to say with Asian people in Ukraine who are almost 100,000 in total living in big cities here. There was no blaming in media as well and the narrative while talking about the coronavirus was never hostile towards a particular group of people. Second of all, I need to stress out that the epidemic widespread coincided with the resignation of the Ukrainian government on March 4th that wasn't helpful and efficient for the whole situation at all, unfortunately. And thirdly, I suppose this global crash will be a huge push for Ukrainians for switching to the outsourcing industry, which comprises only 350,000 people now. Comparing with the rest of the population, this is only 1%. I'm so glad I work in international business that knows how to launch teleworking. But I know that a lot of Ukrainian companies are struggling with setting up their businesses online. Of course, this is not the case if we talk about production and operations, for example. So I hope more people from especially the younger generation will understand the importance of embracing new technologies and learning English, while unfortunately, it still sounds like a revelation for a lot of Ukrainians. Also, let me share with you some insights on the economic side. As I see, the service industry together with small and middle enterprises, which form 50% of Ukrainian GDP, suffer the most now. I've already seen an online petition where a lot of Ukrainian employers were asking the government to establish a free of interest credit fund for helping local businesses survive these hard times. And I know that the Ukrainian parliament has already approved a support package for small and medium-sized enterprises in the form of tax deductions. Hope this will bring a positive effect to local communities. Thank you for being here with me on Ukrainian Unleashed. Subscribe to our podcast and you may find us on all the major platforms and we'll meet next week. In the next episode, I'll give you the updates on the ongoing situation in Ukraine, but also we'll try to look forward beyond the crisis perspectives and figure out what trends and ideas could potentially electrify Ukrainian society in 2020. Some of these trends will also empower the rest of the world and some of them will become just a Ukrainian use case. Wanna know why? Stay tuned for more.